many people have used the purchase of a home, a uh, house or flat as a status symbol. Mm. So it's it's gone not completely away, but it's gone away from, you know, uh, just buying a bigger house or buying better clothes or taking a, a you know, uh, luxury holidays. It's gone past that. It's gone mm. to, hey, I want to buy a bigger house to show that I'm actually uh, earning a pretty good salary, um, mm. and, you know. Hello and welcome to Woke Finance, a podcast discussing all things finance and all things finance related. It's your boy Peter and I'm with my co-host, my bro Jax. How are you? Peter, I'm very good, man. Uh, last weekend I celebrated my birthday, I had a birthday yeah, barbecue, yeah, had good friends, good food, good vibes, yeah, really enjoyed myself, man. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and, and this week um, I'm off, well, I'm off for the next two weeks. So I'm really enjoying myself, just really taking in uh, the rest. Um, I actually went to the library today. Can you believe it? I went to the library on my day off? <laughs> but it was nice to just go and have a read and then, you know, not have too much pressure and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, really, really happy. Love it, love it, love it, man. Um, And, yeah, just a massive shout out again from, um, for your birthday. And a massive shout out to our listeners, man. Listeners, we appreciate you greatly, man. We really do. Um, thank you for your ongoing support um, as well. Um, today, we'll continue. We, we've, uh, for the past few episodes, there's been a, a bit of a theme in line with one of the biggest news um, around, which is around property and mortgage rates, um, mortgage rates rising and how it's affecting individuals, not just here in the UK, but all over the world, really. And where, whenever there is a um, a time when mortgage mortgage rates um are rising rapidly as well, and um today, Jax, um we wanted to talk a bit about, you know, for those that have bought a home, um even in the last five years, ten years, or whenever, or quite recently as well, and um, really talk a bit about you know some of the signs that one may have bought too much house. Um, and Jack, so when I say that, what, what does that actually mean to you in terms of one buying too much house before we get into the signs? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a funny term, isn't it? It's, mm. it's a term that um, I believe the first time I came across that phrase was probably from Dave Ramsey, I believe. Yeah, definitely um, Dave Ramsey for yeah, me. Yeah. So so where you've bought, um, basically you've bought a property, it could be a house or a flat um, that is essentially um, too expensive for, for you. Um, and that could sound a bit strange um, because, of course, before you um, are able to get a mortgage, you are often, um, you know, you are tested against certain things by the mortgage lender to see if you can actually afford it. So there are affordability checks. However, what we are saying uh, and what Dave Ramsey, I guess, was saying, his thing is, regardless of that, it could well be that the house that you have bought, even though you could initially financially afford it, it doesn't mean you could and should have bought that house. That house probably was too expensive for the type of life that you really want to live. Now, what's going on here, Jax? If uh, the lenders, um, you know, are saying you can afford it, but deep down there are signs that perhaps that home that one bought was a bit too expensive for you, while lenders not stepping in and say, yeah, mathematically you can afford it, but I'm going to be honest with you, man. <laughs> you might want to buy something a bit cheaper. So they, they it's do a conspiracy. Do... <laughs> Where's going on, bro? <laughs> so they do affordability checks. Um, so for example, before we bought our property, um, they would have done a, a three months look at your statements and that kind of stuff. 
they'll have looked at your credit score and your credit file and, and that kind of stuff. All of that is part of the affordability check. What you got, you got to really remember what it is for a bank to uh, provide you with a mortgage. The moment the bank provides you with a mortgage for you to buy a property, you become um, an asset for them. Um, and then the mortgage. Well, going to say another word, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you become an asset for them. So, you know, on their balance sheet, they see uh, Mr. Jones uh, property in, in, I don't know, Birmingham. Um, you know, this is the amount that they're paying us every month. You become their passive income. So every single month, you know, you pay them back their, their loan plus an interest. And so if you are someone who's looking for assets, which we should also be looking for assets, the bank is also looking for assets. You mm. are an asset for them. So yes, they want to make sure that you are able to pay back the loan plus the interest because otherwise that's an issue, right? Otherwise you're not a very good asset for them. But generally, as long as you can satisfy that, that's that's what's important for them. Um they don't really care about how that affects the other areas of your life. That's that's up to mm. you to really, really um pay attention to. Hmm. I like that. So as long as you can afford to make the minimum payments, so to speak, that you agree with them, they are fairly happy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, And we'll probably talk more about this uh, going forward, but there are um things that you can do if you are struggling to pay the initial agreement amount. But one of the things I always say is, you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Mm. If you do something like just pay the interest element alone, or if you do extend your mortgage, that can help you out in a sense that you might be paying less per month. But over the long period of time, you will pay them back even more mm. money because the interest would have been spread over a long period of time. What an amazing asset you would have been for them. <laughs> an amazing asset. Before when I laughed at us, thought you said you was gonna say something else. I thought you was gonna say the minute you take out mortgage with a lender, you <laughs> literally become a slave to the lender. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, we we are we are Christians, and uh, uh, it, it clearly says in the book of uh, I believe Proverbs, uh, it says you know the the borrower is slave to the lender. Um, I, I didn't want to use the term slave. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say I could hear me, your heart well, <laughs> You know, trying to be a bit more diplomatic. Um, <laughs> you, you do become um an asset, or or you, or yes, you can you can see it as slave <laughs> or, or servant to the bank as well because you have to work and pay back that loan over a period of time. And uh, I always make this this um, it's not a joke, but it's a phrase that can sometimes trigger people. Um, and I say, look, when you buy a house, sometimes we need to refrain from the terminology of I bought this house and, and I own this house. Mm. Um, yes, you do. But remember that you use someone else's money to buy that. Uh, what you own is the equity on the home. The rest is the banks. Um, and if you think you own your home, try not to pay off that debt um, for a few weeks or a few months or a few few years and see who actually really owns the home. Yeah. <laughs> Love it, love it, love it. No, man, really useful. And yeah, man, at this at this moment, me and you are both assets to the bank. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I just want to jump on something, and and I don't, I don't want our listeners to be confused. Yeah. Look, we are assets to the bank, but we have uh, still made an intentional decision to own an asset in our own right, mm. because even though we are paying off uh, a, a debt, which is great for the for the bank. Uh, we also own um, an asset that, you know, has a history of going up in value, mm. which, um, you know, mine actually, Peter, um, when I was remortgaging, which was actually done just last week or the week before, um, has 
gone up by uh, 40k in 18 mm. months right so yes you know whilst you owe the bank you owe the bank so not so you are the asset for the bank you also own something um that has the the potential of going up in value so that's that's really important to know so it's not a bad thing to own property absolutely absolutely now um i guess uh going back to um the topic of this um episode is around um you know looking at some of those signs that perhaps one might have bought too much house um when you know when we did purchase in the last few years or so and um at some point um later on for our listeners in this episode we'll then talk about you know if you are that person and you did buy too much house, what can you do now? And then probably just as importantly for the for those yet to buy a home and seeing all this craziness, so-called craziness going on in the news when it comes to mortgages, what can we be watching out for to ensure you are not one of those people that end up buying up too much um, home? Um, now, now, Jax, let's get into it in terms of some of the signs um, that, yeah, that someone's perhaps bought a bit, too much house yeah so uh, a few things i think one of the ones that um i caught with dem ramsey actually is that um the the mortgage amount or the amount you're paying back to the bank on a monthly basis uh should be no more than 25 percent of your income um or your household income let me, let me put it that way mm. um some other studies say 30 percent, and i think that's a bit more realistic <laughs> especially if you want an individual <laughs> yeah especially if you are an individual mm. so um if the monthly amount that you're paying back to the bank exceeds 30 percent of your of your salary or of your income then the chances are you have bought a house that is way too expensive for you because it doesn't leave much room for other things uh to be for your money to be spent on other things that are also important like investing and and that kind of stuff um, and it also means that as interest rates potentially go up, that percentage becomes a much, much higher uh, part of your income. And that can really stress you out. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, in a time like what we're in now, when we're seeing um, inflation at, um, you know, high levels as well, what that does literally mean is the cost of living. So food, transport, healthcare, all of that stuff is going up as well. So if you're spending almost a third of your income on just, and I'll say just the home alone in comparison to all your other expenses, like how much do you actually have left to to do other things with it, like savings, investing, all of that stuff? Yeah, I think I think it's actually a horrible combination to have a high interest environment uh, with a high inflationary environment. Usually, with a high interest environment, you're using or the central banks use that policy to bring down inflation. But mm. when when both are, are taking place, um, it's, it's not great at all. And we, we spoke about this, um, the whole ideology of things like stagflation and what mm. that means. Um, but yeah, generally it's it's terrible, right? Because uh, the cost of living is is terrible. We are in a crisis still, which means the prices of just your day to day living is really expensive. And then um, the thirty percent that we were talking about earlier is probably being pushed up as well. So imagine it was higher and it was like let's say fifty percent. Mm. The chances are you um, may have had some margin, some some you know leftover at the end of the month before, but now in today's economic climate, uh, you can easily go from that to paycheck to paycheck, or actually most likely worse, where you have to find extra money from somewhere else. And unfortunately for some people, that's take getting into even more debt. 
Hmm. And is there a risk that, you know, especially as interest rates are going up, um, is there a risk that when it comes to remortgaging again, um, the lender says you're literally spending way too much on your, like what happens there if you're spending like way beyond 30% of your income, like 50, 60% of your income on the mortgage alone? Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if you um stay with your current provider, the chances are here in the UK anyway, they will not do that check again. Mm. um they, they don't have to they will just uh, move you on to another product um that kind of stuff but if you wanted the optionality of um actually moving to a different provider then they will probably have to do these checks and as you said it could become one of those uh cycles where one thing leads to another and that leads to another one it just gets worse and worse and worse hmm. so yeah you have to be really really mindful of the actual um amount that you're paying on a monthly basis and how big that is as a percentage of your overall income yeah um so you know and and hopefully for the listener right now um even particularly for those that haven't bought you know um if if you know one's earning a decent set let's talk a bit about that one's earning a decent salary and on paper um you know via calculations stuff they can afford i don't know a four hundred thousand pound home or they're on a uh, an eight thousand or a hundred thousand pounds salary or so um and on paper they might be able to afford it and the monthly payments but that is just the starting cost. What happens in the next two years or five years when you have to remortgage and things have gone up? Can you really stand that increase? Yeah, and 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 there's so much more to the to the home buying process that a lot of people forget, you know, and not just the home buying process, the maintenance of the home as well. Mm, uh, that's another thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a huge that, that's a huge one. You know, um, we talk about signs that you've bought too much house. Uh, there's a lot of people that don't realize that the bigger the house, the bigger the maintenance. Uh, the bigger the house, the bigger the uh, bills, mm. right? Because you want to, you have to heat more homes. Uh, you have to keep the garden <laughs> afloat. Um, it's, it's even more work. You might want to get a gardener. So you got, you got to really understand that it's not just about buying a property that look looks good and at that snapshot moment it looks like it's more expensive and you may be able to squeeze yourself to afford it, but it's what it looks like even during the term of that first initial mortgage. Are you able to keep up with the with the maintenance um, of that home? Um, yeah, that's that's something that a lot of people actually um are not mindful of. It's it's it sneaks up on people a lot. And and what people don't realize is, you know, um, just because let's say you you've got works that needs doing, you've had an emergency or something needs fixing essentially, and just because something cost you, I don't know, eight hundred pounds this year, next year those same people have increased their costs because they've got to make a living. And if your salary hasn't increased significantly as well, what happens is that you're made there's a shortfall there. Oh yeah, yeah, and I see it all the time where. You know, people uh, may have been promoted or they've just earned some extra money and, and you know, they're, they're now looking at, let's say, they've gone from a, a 45K salary to a 60, even 70K salary um, and they're earning more money that, than they've ever earned in their life. And the first thing they want to do is they want to buy an expensive uh, property. Now, mm-hmm. historically, when we were younger, um, and I think it's changed a bit, but, you know, back in the days, it would be, hey, I'm going to go and buy a bigger car right mm-hmm. uh, i'm gonna buy a bigger car i'm gonna buy nicer clothes i'm gonna go more expensive holidays some people still do that uh, whatever but what i found uh more recently is that many people have used the purchase of a home uh house or flat as a status symbol mm. so it's it's gone not completely away but it's gone away from you know uh just buying a bigger house or buying better clothes or taking a, a 
you know, uh, luxury holidays. It's gone past that. It's gone mm. to, hey, I want to buy a bigger house to show that I'm actually uh, earning a pretty good salary. Um, mm. and, you know, you, 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 I'm sure you probably, I mean, you're not on Instagram, but, mm. you know, there was a phase where I was seeing young people in their early 20s, you know, um, every two minutes I'll see someone standing in front of the house with keys and then they'll mm. have a thousand mm. likes and say, hey, look, uh, I bought a property at the age of 24 and mm-hmm. then I'll probably make a YouTube video about how I saved, you know, uh, uh, mm. I don't know, 20, 30,000 pounds to buy this really, really expensive house, mm. which most of the time they used um, a lot of these government schemes mm. where they're allowed to only put down 5% mm. deposit and then they'll borrow the whole 95%, uh, some of that from the government themselves and some of that from banks. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's something I did notice and I was quite uncomfortable with. Um and, you know, I can see that it's coming to bite some people now. Hmm. Um, and it's something that we have to be really, really mindful of. When we buy a home or a property, we're not supposed to do it as a as a form of showing how well we're doing in life. As a status symbol, it's there to be a home, right? Hmm. And that's really important. And, and, and I think that, you know, really, yeah, really um, answers a lot of things in terms of, you know, signs that you've taken on too much home you ask yourself did I buy this home as part of a status play or was it because it was a genuine you know informed decision and move for me and you know my family and generations to come however that plays in the future yeah and one thing I would say as well is um you know we talk about stress testing um so the banks do often stress test you based on the current interest rate that they're offering you. Mm. They often move up by, let's say, 3% or 4% to say that mm. interest rates were going to increase by 2 3% um, or, or, or 5%. Um, we used to be able to afford the monthly payments. Mm. And if you if you can, then that is a criteria for them actually lending you a mortgage. Mm. But what I would say to that is you probably want to uh, do your own stress test um, and push that even further mm. because interest rates do rise and can go higher than what they've used as a stress testing limit. But also remember what I said earlier, the bank's main priority is for you to pay them back. That's 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 what they care about. Mm. They don't care about whether you're contributing towards your pension, whether you're you have two kids that or you're planning to have kids that you're going to send to nursery. They, they, don't, they, don't, they don't care about that. And they don't have that information at hand because that's the mm. future goal kind of thing so you have to be more intentional and proactive in forecasting that yourself before you get the mortgage remember again when you get a mortgage you only get they only get a snapshot of the last three months hmm. as to how you've been spending your money and whether you, at that moment you can afford it but i think it's very uh wise for you to stress test it and to anticipate what your costs are going to be like in the next two to five years especially um, pegging that to the actual term of the loan Things are so important, man. Um, yeah, so important, man, because you know, if you've got a 400 grand home versus a 250 grand home, that two to three percent increase um in mortgage rates is is a huge difference. Yes. Um, and it's so important to be aware of just how much of a difference that can that can be when you've got essentially too much house or you've bought too much house. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I was going to buy my property, uh, I considered buying a flat just because, you know, I believe in margin and, and I believe in um, the whole idea of not, um, you know, spending more than uh, 25% of my income on on, on a mortgage. Mm. Um, but I think, again, when we talk about anticipation, one thing I also knew was how about to propose to a lovely woman. So mm. 
I also knew that the household income was about to jump up. So mm. I, I factored that into my uh, my thinking. And of course, I, I I bought a house. Even though I bought it myself, the household income now, fast forward 18 months, is obviously higher. And our mortgages is uh, 25% or less, I think, mm. um, of, of our household income. But it's really important to actually think about and consider. Hmm. Yeah, man. There's a lot. There's a lot of. There's definitely a lot of um things to consider, as you just said. Um, anything else? Um, for those that are in their homes right now. Um, I guess some more notable signs. Well, I mean, if you're struggling, I think that's the most notable sign, right? If you are um struggling to pay your monthly mortgage, then you know it's a clear indication that. Yeah, you know, you've you've bought too much house. You've bought a property that you actually couldn't afford. Um, and yeah, with, with that in mind, we have to now sit down and think about what, what we can actually do about this this situation. Um, way before it gets to the place of repossessions or having to sell the property, etc. So, hmm. let, yeah. let, let's talk about that in terms of you know because we we're hopefully aware of some of the dangers of. I mean. The, the dangers of overbuying essentially really links to, yeah, I guess what we've what we've spoken about, the struggling um to get buyer to meet expenses, um, and then to in some sad scenarios to keep the home as well. So yeah, you know, we talk about uh, budgeting being at the heart of all financial planning, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we look at our budgets or, you know, we can call them spending plans, um, one of the biggest costs, if not the biggest cost, will be the mortgage. And if that, you know, that goes up tremendously, it will then put a massive squeeze on the overall budget. It will put a massive squeeze on the spending plan. And unfortunately, that means that uh, some of the more uh, variable costs, some of the costs that, you know, um, are actually very important still, you know, there are one or two holidays per year, um, the, the luxury stuff, the leisure, leisure stuff. Mm. And those things may have to be, have to be um, sacrificed mm. which obviously is not great it's not great ideally we want to be able to live a holistic life we say it's important to uh, learn from the past uh, be present and plan for the future um, but you know we we also want to be in the present and in the present it means that we have to take care of our, of our well-being our mental health and that kind of stuff um, so what I would say is it's extremely important then to sit down with uh, a mortgage advisor um, actually, one one of the things I think a lot of people can do uh, when they notice that their you know the the budget is being really squeezed, mm. to speak to their current provider, mm. right? You, you know, at the end of the day, they are there to help you. Uh, you know, the last thing they want, well, in my in most people's opinion anyway, is to actually uh, repossess the house and sell it. Mm. So, um, as you sit on their balance sheet as an asset, they want you to consistently pay them the income. So you can go on to other um, different deals, for example. Uh, one of them could be just paying the interest element of the loan for a period mm. of time, right? So that could mean that, hey, rather than paying a thousand pounds per month uh, for the mortgage, you pay only 300 pounds per month for a short period of time. Yes, it does mean that you're not paying back the actual debt in itself, and you are just paying off the, the interest element, but it still allows you to keep the home for that period of time. Mm. And then if interest rates drop, 
um, then you can go back into a better deal and then still pay less than the £1,000, maybe £800 per month. Mm. So it's these, these are things that you can do. You can also extend the term of the mortgage, for example. So if your mortgage was now 20 years, um, but for that reason, you're paying, again, using an example for £1,000, if you extend that to, let's say, 25 years or even 30 years, it could be that you're paying now £700 per month or £600 per month um again it's important to do do understand the costs associated with that you would pay back more over that period but again it does mean you have more breathing space in your budget and to to sort of spend on other things that are also important to you without losing the home yeah and and i think you know some of those methods you mentioned jacks which end up reducing your potentially reducing your monthly costs you can you use that money to save or create more of a buffer as well or do whatever you need to do with that but i think a key thing that you've you've mentioned just even extending the length of the term from 20 to 25 or 30 years these hopefully are temporary moves because when it comes to remortgaging again if the income and means is there and interest rates has gone down you can reduce that um period as well so these are ideally temporary moves man but sometimes they're just moves that need to happen in such terminal times yeah, and, and I think I mentioned this in one of our previous episodes, um, the whole idea of extending your term. Remember, once you extend your term and you agree on a new mortgage, it means the obligation to pay back a certain amount is set, but it's set lower. Mm. Um, but you can often have the option of overpaying up to mm. 10%. So you can still extend your term um, so that the obligation is lower, but still pay back what you was paying before mm. if you're not hurt do you know what i mean so mm-hmm. you're still overpaying and which means the interest element is also being attacked as well um but the key thing there is that the obligation has been lowered so if you do come into tougher times you can just go back to paying the actual agreed amount uh, which would be lower than the um you know the overpayments that you're making brilliant 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 um jack so i'm gonna quickly ask you to um let's touch on for the listeners that um yeah are thinking about buying their next home or their first home as well and what they need to really be thinking about um as well but before i do that just gonna give a shout out to an area where we're getting listeners um from quite recently an area we've either not given um a shout out to or yeah just area where we're getting new listeners from and we are going to be giving a shout out to the london borough of southwark in south london oh wow yeah welcome um, welcome to the Walk Finance Podcast. Uh, you're here with myself, Jax, and the co-host, Peter. On this podcast, we talk about all things finance and all things finance related. If you want to know more about what we do, because Walk Finance is more than just a podcast, we serve here in the community, predominantly in the UK. Um, head over to www.walkfinance.co.uk. That's www walkfinance.co.uk and sign up to our mailing list so you are kept updated uh, with all the new things that we are up to and if you want to engage with us on our socials we are mostly on instagram that will be at walk finance team again that's at walk finance team but yeah welcome to the walk finance podcast i hope you are enjoying and gaining tons of value come on come on come on shout out to our listeners over there in Southwark and to our listeners all over the world now, Jacks, for the listener right now, that is, um, yeah, asking many questions um, about their first home purchase or their next home purchase. Um, what can one be doing to make sure that they're not like 
they're not spending too much or buying too much house, man. Yeah, well, we, we said earlier, you know, don't don't buy the house because um of it's a status symbol. Don't buy the house because you are, let's say, approaching thirty, and, and you believe is that the next thing to do in in the, <laughs> in the journey called life. Um, don't do it for those reasons. Um, do it because um you can actually afford to do it. Mm. Um, and, and of course, make sure you shop around. I think the mm. key thing is to really, really uh, look at the affordability. And don't just look at affordability according to what the bank calls affordability, but you yourself make sure you, like we said earlier, stress test um how much you'll be paying per month. Use a mortgage calculator to see how much you'll be paying per month and increase that by at least 5% to see if interest rates was to even go up by 5%. Let's assume interest rates were 10%. Could you still afford to pay back that mortgage? If so, then the chances are, you are not buying too much house. If you, you increase it to 10%, for example, and it means that now you have to eat bees on toast, then you, you're buying too much house. That's hmm. really, really important to understand. Um, the other thing I would say as well is before you buy a house, I think it's extremely important that you are, or you have built some really strong financial foundations mm. because buying a property is not just about the purchase of the property in itself. Like earlier, like I mentioned earlier in this episode, it's about, so it's not just about the deposit. Um, it's about the deposit. It's about um, things like stamp duty and that kind of stuff that you're purchasing process. But also it's about the maintenance of the home. It's about any renovations that you are going to do. It's about actually furnishing the house as well. And it's also about the uncertainty of your life as well. You know, you may be getting married very soon. Uh, you might be an amazing woman or an amazing man very soon and get married. What does that mean for your expenses? Um, you may be having children soon, you know, is that something that you're considering? If so, think about how that affects your finances going forward. Um, and yeah, I, th I think the key thing is if you can get to a place where your mortgage is um, less than 30% of your household income, then I think you're in, in a safe space. But I think even 25% is even better. Hmm. No, I love that. I love that. And, and what about things like, um, I mean, we touched on it a bit, but lifestyle inflation in particular, as we're navigating through life, you know, someone in their 20s, early 30s, perhaps navigating through life, just got that, you know, that next lovely career job. They've made a jump from one place to another. They've got like a decent increase in their salary. We've all been victim to it. We've had an increase and we say, okay, I'm now living the life now. I'm going to start treating myself in this way. I might be driving this. I might be doing this and that. But this has also happened when you're in the process of looking for a home. Last year, you was looking for a 200 grand home. Yes. You got a, yes. quite a, a significant increase in your salary. Now, all of a sudden, you're looking at a 400 grand home. <laughs> yeah I mean, look, look at, at the end of the day instant gratification lifestyle inflation catches us all mm. but if you were especially for a natural spender you are very susceptible to lifestyle inflation um so you have to be very careful you have to be extremely careful especially if it's a recent thing so if you have just recently been given a pay rise um then that that dopamine hit, <laughs> um can cause you to make some irrational decisions um, again, mathematically, it may seem like it's okay. It may seem that, hey, if I've just got a 20K increase, then I could buy a much bigger house. So yes, mathematically, that could be true. But remember as well, what, what you probably haven't calculated 
is that um, because lifestyle inflation has already hit you when it comes to now buying a house, it's probably going to hit you in other areas of your life as well, mm. which is actually going to push up um, your expenses tremendously. And what often really happens um, with people that, you know, suffer from lifestyle inflation is, yeah, you know, they have a bigger house, they have a bigger car, you know, the children go to better schools and and or more expensive schools, let me put it that way. Um, you know, all, all your costs start to rise. And actually, often it rises faster than uh, the rate of increasing your income. Mm. Um, because what people forget sometimes is that increase your income also comes with an increase in taxes. Mm. <laughs> right. And the increase in and and that's just also important to remember that all these other things come with an increase in cost, but also increase in maintenance. Mm. Right. So the compounding effect can be really drastic, right? Um, I was speaking to a friend the other day who um, were talking about, you know, sending children to pri- private school. And I, and I don't want to go into a rabbit hole, but I think it's, mm. it's, it uh, highlights my point very well. We're talking about sending children to private school, for example, and the cost associated with that. And, you know, if you're in a place where you can send your children to private school, then it, I think it's a great thing to do, right? It's, it's, it's a good thing to do. However, what a lot of people don't realize is if you are squeezing yourself to send your children to private school, what you are forgetting is, unfortunately, your children is going to an environment where other children around them are probably much, much better off and mm. then have a better, a different lifestyle to what you're used to. And so now uh, your child who has now a new best friend who goes to a skiing trip every year, mm. uh, does horse riding every year uh, mm. as, as a hobby. Now your child wants to do the same thing. And now mm. your child now is you know being hit by lifestyle inflation and you have to fund it and you Mm. have to be careful that you have not set your child up for failure and set your child up for bullying because now you can't afford to keep up Mm. with the lifestyle that comes with sending your children to private school for example i know it doesn't fully happen like that all the time but Mm -hmm, that's an mm -hmm. example and i hope that captures the point of you know be very mindful of lifestyle inflation it has Mm. very aggressive impacts Hmm. No, that's that's really deep, man. That is deep. There's so much stuff that comes into it in terms of the uh, the cost as well. It's not just the the item that you're purchasing as yeah. well. There's so much more to it as yeah. well. And um, and and also, just I think there's something around because you know, again, this is where sentiment comes, and I get in it. Like people can get emotional and stuff, but pe- when people make that first um purchase, a lot of people have it in the idea that that is gonna be you know their first home forever they're gonna be living there for 30 50 years or whatever this is the home that their kids are gonna grow up in so <laughs> i get it why people might want to make it their so-called best home yes. but there's so i mean listen man <laughs> life is much more than that there's so many properties out there it's quite flexible if you've done the right planning and things around that that first home you get does not need to be your only home that you know <laughs> yeah i mean look look your first home does not have to be the home that you live in forever um you know there are opportunities to move on you can sell the property and buy a new one if you want um what a lot of people don't realize as well is you can actually improve homes as well Hmm. so you know you can you know build extensions and 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 really do some home improvements that can actually tremendously change your home from what it used to be right um that is always an option that's what people need to consider that um and the thing that's even good about that is you can plan for that right mm. you, know, you can budget for that if you want to improve your home um you can start with a home that's not expensive but as time goes on and as, as you save and you budget and you put some money away for this home improvement after a few years you might have a few uh five digits of, of money to actually 
take you home from from one level to a completely different level mm. you can you know have a have an extension you could create a new room you can extend your kitchen you could do so much to your home um over time but the key thing is um you know to do it over time and to plan towards that and that's why i think you know um not another thing is not to say hey uh i'm not, i can't buy my, my dream home now so i'm not going to buy mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. i think that's also another mistake yeah, mm. I think that's that's another mistake. If 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 you see, oh my gosh, I have to buy. If I don't find a four bedroom house with a garden, with mm. with two toilets, with a driveway, mm. all that kind of stuff, then I'm not going to buy anything. Mm. I, th- I think that yeah, I think that's a mistake. Hmm. Yeah, we we need to do a separate episode on um just searching for the home, um searching for your home and all of that jazz as well because it's a uh, yeah it's quite a process when looking for your first home as well. But that's an episode for another day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. No, fantastic, man. Um, Before I let you go, any final points on your side, man? Yeah, no, look, at the end of the day, uh, the key thing on this episode was, you know, noticing when you've bought too much house um, and, of course, being aware of it if you haven't bought property already, what it looks like to buy too much house. And what we covered is uh, mathematically, if, you know, your your mortgage is, is uh, more than 30%, then the chances are you have bought a house that's way too expensive. But like we said, the most important thing is to be intentional, to stress test certain things, um, and understand that you can make adjustments. And if if you if you you know assess that you have bought too much house, then really consider making those changes, hmm. um, and just be true to yourself. You know, understand that lifestyle inflation is real. It it can happen to the best of us, right? Um, it's very attractive, but you know we have to think about this holistically and what it also means for um our our overall well-being hmm. love it love it love it man definitely something for every type of listener as well so really appreciate your time um and yeah and thank you for those that inspire our conversations as well because <clears throat> yeah sometimes young jets we don't just wake up and say let's do this sometimes it's inspired by people around us yeah. um on social media um on the news um you listeners as well who send in stuff to us so now we really do appreciate your forever input as well so now i really just want to show our gratitude on that man yeah absolutely i'm with you on that one come on come on come on so a massive shout out to our listeners and jacks until the next time i remember all stay stay woke